With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lexington Herald-Leader and Kentucky.com. Kentucky basketball coming off that big win over Alabama at Rupp Arena on Saturday, 90-81. To me, it was one of the best wins of the season for Kentucky, maybe the best win of the year, considering they were playing without their starting guards, Severe Wheeler and Tata Washington. Alabama came out red hot, scored on their first seven possessions, made nine of their First 12 three-point shots, yet Kentucky got down by 13 points, rallied uh, towards the end of the first half, then completed the rally in the second half to beat uh, to beat the Crimson Tide and to approve to 11-3 and in the SEC. They're just one game behind Auburn. Auburn is 12-2 and heading into Tuesday night's play uh, in the SEC. Uh, next up for Kentucky is LSU Wednesday night, 9 o'clock. We're going to preview that game. I talked with Sheldon Mickles, who covers LSU for the Advocate newspaper in Baton Rouge. And I talked with my fellow sports columnist at the Herald-Leader, Mark Story. So remember, before we get to those interviews, remember you can get a sports pass Sports-only digital subscription to Kentucky.com, $30 for the first year. Go to Kentucky.com, hit on the subscription tab, and you'll get all of our U.K. basketball coverage, U.K. football coverage, uh, U.K. recruiting with Ben Roberts, columns, high school coverage, all $30 for the first year. Go to Kentucky.com and check out the offers there. Uh, you can. We appreciate everybody who supports our work at the Lexington Aero Leader and Kentucky.com. I appreciate everybody who follows this pod, who tunes into this podcast and who follows me on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. So without any further ado, let's get to the interviews. First, I talked, as I said, I talked with Sheldon Mickles of the Advocate newspaper in Baton Rouge, and then with Mark Story of the Herald-Leader and Kentucky.com as we break down the Kentucky-LSU matchup on Wednesday night. Okay, my guest on the podcast now is Sheldon Mickles, who covers LSU basketball for the Advocate in Baton Rouge. How's it going, Sheldon? Very good. Uh, nice, uh, beautiful day here in Baton Rouge. Uh, just kind of uh, low 80s, mid 80s. So it's uh, kind of a springtime feel in late February. So it's, uh, having a good day here. <laughs> I wish we could say the same here in Lexington. We're taping this <laughs> on Tuesday afternoon. It's been a rainy Tuesday. Not real cold. It's been in the 50s, but it's been rainy uh, rainy all uh, all day today. Uh, Kentucky and LSU basketball Wednesday night. It's a 9 o'clock tip-off at Rupp Arena. Of course, these two teams played earlier in the year. LSU beat Kentucky way back in January down there in the Pete Maravich Assembly Center. Uh, Sheldon, what uh, is LSU a much different team than Kentucky played? I mean, that's been almost – we were talking almost through – you know, it's been over two months ago. 
uh, or about two months ago. Is, is LSU much different now than they were back then? Yeah, and uh, not for the good any, <laughs> either. Uh, Will Wade was saying today that, um, you know, what happened uh, on January, I think it was January 4th, uh, if the date, I think is the date. But he said what happened that day, that night has uh, nothing to, to do with what's going to happen, uh, what's happening right now. He said, you know, Kentucky's playing a lot better than they were, you know, back then. And, and LSU's not playing nearly as well as they were back then. So it's kind of two teams maybe kind of going in different directions. Uh, in fact, I, I, I told somebody last week, I mean, this is, you know, this is before you lost, uh, the Cats lost to uh, Tennessee. Uh, I thought they were playing just as well as Auburn, maybe even better. So um, I think they're on a really good roll right now, even with Ty Ty Washington and uh, Severe Wheeler, uh, you know, being being injured. So uh, I, and I think he understands that, too. I, I think he knows it's a very good, and deep and talented team. And, uh, you know, they, they, they've given away some games uh, since then and and uh, they put themselves in a bad situation and. Uh, so uh, they, they're trying to get their feet back. They, they, it's kind of been a strange uh, situation. They lost to Auburn in the SEC opener. They won three, and then they lost three, and then they won a game, lost three again, then they won three in a row, and then they lost the other day uh, at South Carolina. So they're very inconsistent. Uh, that's that's the biggest the biggest word you could use about this team right now, the, the, the word that comes to mind, first of all. And uh, things that they used to do very well or that they were doing very well early in the season, like, um, you know, uh, free throw shooting, field goal shooting, uh, they're limiting turnovers. They, they doing all those things now. And then it's, it's very frustrating and perplexing to him. He said today, he used the word perplexing today. So, uh, and, and I'll give you one, one key example of it. I mean, the other night, uh, the other day at South Carolina, um, they only hit 13 to 22 free throws and they were seven out of 14 in the last six to eight minutes of the first half and the end of the game. So uh, they're, not, they're not hitting their free throws. They were hitting 76.5% in non-conference, and right now they're last in SEC in SEC play only at 65%. So really? he said he's never had a team that digressed that much in free throw shooting. So you may see Kentucky put, uh, send them to the line a little <laughs> bit tomorrow night. Maybe. But uh, but their, their field goal shooting has been very erratic as well. So. Really? Uh, this this team is not the same. I mean, in his first four seasons here, they were very good. Uh, and you can go back and look on offense, uh, right. shooting the ball especially, and they just not shooting the ball this year. They they uh, very like I said, erratic at times and not shooting well. So uh, it's a very different team than what Kentucky saw in January. On the shooting, is it just a, a shot selection problem, or they, do they not have good shooters, uh, or kind of a combination of the two? I think it's a combination of the two. And, uh, you know, uh, Xavier Pinson was out uh, for six games, and he was limited in two others, and he's the one that kind of makes makes their offense go. And, and so they suffered a lot when he was out. And uh, as, as Will Wade likes to point out, he, he's the one that gets them in the, the right places and directs the offense. And he had, he had 10 assists against, uh, I think it was Mississippi State last week. He had eight against South Carolina the other day. But, you know, they, he gets them in the right places. And, they, and so they've been shooting a little better since he's been back. Uh, I guess a week and a half ago, he got back fully 100%. And uh, so they've been shooting a little bit better. But still, they, they go through lapses where they have one for 10 from the field and then another stretch there, you know, two of 12. So they, they get in some 
some droughts and and it's uh, and it kills them. And their defense has been much improved this year. And and uh, that's one of the things that that they 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 had gotten so much better at defense. Uh, they were leading the, they were leading the country for the longest time in uh, points allowed uh, points allowed per defensive possession adjusted defense and uh, now they've dropped to about third but still that's very good for uh, for uh, for LSU but when the defense got better and then all of a sudden the offense started going on haywire so it's kind of been a little bit of everything and then uh, one of the things he always points to is a six-minute game they've always been very well uh, very good in the six-minute game at the end of a game and uh, pulled out many a game uh, in that time you know in that uh, period of time and they, they haven't been able to do that lately. They almost lost to Mississippi State because of poor play in the final six minutes. And then they uh, lost to South Carolina the other, the other day because they couldn't get the job done. They couldn't close it. So uh, it's been a lot of different things at different times. Yeah, I watched that South Carolina. I went back and watched the South Carolina game. They seemed to be in pretty good control of that game for most of the way, but kind of let it get away from there at the end. And like you said, they yeah you know, they never could close the door on South Carolina. Obviously, Cousinard went went nuts on them for South Carolina, <laughs> yeah. but still. Uh, what about the L- back to the offense for a middle for I know uh, Eason, the kid who comes off the bench to transfer. Has he been their best player? Is he still kind of been their best, most consistent player on offense, or do they have a consistent player on offense? He he is their best player on offense. He he went through a little bit of slump when Pinson was out, and and he admitted that, and that you know he 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 owned it that he wasn't playing very well when Pinson when when Pinson was out. They have a very good uh, rapport, and um, you know, and 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 he's gotten better. I think. He's had four games in a row now, I want to say, in the 20s. Mm-hmm. Uh, he scored in the 20s, so he, he's a very capable scorer. And he's got, he, had, he went through a little bit of slump, like I said, in, uh, in the middle of that. And they, and they brought him in. You know, they, uh, I'm sorry, they, they, he's been coming off the bench, but there were four games when Pinson was out. Uh, Will Wade tried to shake up his lineup a little bit, try to get a little more offense into the game early. And he started them for four games, and he just didn't respond. Uh, right. His his uh his points were down. His field goal shooting was down. His three point shooting was down. Everything was down, and uh, he kind of took took a little bit of a dip there. But when uh, they uh, Will Wade went back to his regular lineup that had been at start of the season fourteen and zero, and they reeled off three straight wins, and he came off the bench, so he was much better when that happened. So uh, he's on a bit of a roll right now. He, he's doing very well, and he, he had uh, I think twenty one and ten against South Carolina. So uh, he, he, he just seems much more comfortable coming off the bench. And uh, as I was telling Jerry Tipton the other day, he, he comes in maybe at the, the first timeout, the first media timeout at 16 minutes, or he'll come in maybe a minute be, you know, before that. So he, he comes in very early. So it, right. it's not like he sits the first half of the first half. So he, he, gets, he gets in the rotation very early. But it just seems like he flows with the game a little better when he comes off the bench. And, and he's kind of – I think he likes that role. Uh, we're headed. Of course, we only, only got four games left in the regular season before the SEC tournament and then the NCAA tournament. I know LSU, uh, they're looking at the NCAA net rankings. They're 16th. I think they're 17th in Ken Palm right now. Do they feel like that they are in the NCAA tournament or do they feel like they've still got some work to do to get in? No, I, I think they feel like they're in pretty good shape. I mean, they're 19 and 8. They're 19 and 8. Um, I want to say they're, uh, I want to say they're 11 and 11 and eight, maybe. 
in quad one and two. So they, yeah. you know, they got, uh, they got a lot of, you know, quad one and two wins. And then, uh, they've only had one loss in quad three and one in quad four, I guess. So, you know, it's, it's been, they've been, they've been okay. Uh, and they built up early and, uh, you know, they, they built it up early. They were up to second or third, uh, near the end of December in the, uh, in the net. So, uh, they feel they are in good shape. I mean, uh, I think right now they probably are looking at about a, you know, five or six seed, probably more at six. Now, if they play pretty well at the end of this uh, stretch here and then play well in the SEC tournament. Now, here's the question. Here's the deal. They have four games left in the regular season. They play at Kentucky tomorrow night. They play Missouri at home. They play at Arkansas next Wednesday night. And then they play uh, Alabama and in Baton Rouge. So it's a, it's a, yeah. a pretty tough stretch at the end for them. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. So they could go either way. If they play well in that stretch, they could prove their seedings. If they don't play well, they might play themselves onto a bubble. Who knows? So Exactly. So, Sheldon, what do they have to do on Wednesday night to uh, sweep Kentucky this year and pull an upset at uh, Rep Arena? Well, uh, I think it's going to be a I think it's going to be a tall order. I haven't <laughs> haven't haven't seen many a game there. Uh, uh, you know, I know what it's what the what the deal was like there and and uh, I guess Kentucky 16 0 this year. And, um, you know, the, uh, the, the one big thing that, that he's, you know, kind of concerned about is, uh, is Oscar, uh, Tashiwe. Right. Uh, you know, he got in foul trouble here early in Baton Rouge in the game two months ago in, or in January. And, uh, they, they, they caught a break there when he got in foul trouble and, and, uh, he didn't have the uh, monster game like he's, he's been known to have. And, and that's the guy that, that, that's the guy that Will Wade talked so much about today. Um, you know, he knows obviously that that Washington and Wheeler are excellent guards, but I mean they, LSU's had some trouble keeping some teams off the offensive glass, and uh, you know uh, Oscar uh, is can can really kind of um, can really uh, hurt you down to, as we all know he can hurt you, and that, I think that's one of the biggest his biggest concern is uh, you know keeping uh, Oscar not off the glass because you're not going to keep him off. Uh, just try to limit uh, and keep it manageable. That's what he calls it. So, uh, you know, if, if Oscar doesn't get 25 rebounds, they, you know, if he only gets 15, they may have a, they may have a chance, but I don't know. And, and then look, the turnovers, they, they are prone to turnovers. Uh, and if they, they, if they throw the ball around a lot, uh, you know, and have 20 turnovers, it's not going to be, it's not going to be very good. So I think the biggest thing is keeping, uh, keeping Oscar in, in not in check because you're not going to do it, but, uh, you know, just hoping that he doesn't go for thirty and twenty on you, and and uh, and Wheeler and Washington don't have gr- great games. But uh, yeah, I, I think I think Kentucky just has a, a big advantage in this one, obviously. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's going to be a tough night if they if they don't if they don't do some of the things that they did. Uh, you know, if they don't improve on some of the things they did bad at South Carolina. Yeah. Well, it should be. It'll be an interesting matchup. I mean, as you said, LSU still ranks very high in the uh, analytics numbers on defense, and Kentucky has been a strong offensive team all year. So that matchup alone, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Uh, Sheldon, tell the listeners where they can find you on Twitter and how they can check out your work online leading up to and after the game on Wednesday night. Well, the uh, the, the uh, newspaper's website is theadvocate.com, t h e advocate.com. And my Twitter is at Mickles, M-I-C-K-L-E-S-A-D-V, as in at Mickles Advocate. So uh, that's where you could get my stuff. And uh, looking forward to the game tomorrow night. It's always uh, it's always fun watching uh, watching games at, at Rupp. I'm not going to make it 
because uh, the de- the deadlines are very very tight on on uh, on my paper. So uh, yeah, same here. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, I've I've heard, I've heard. Uh, but uh, it, it's 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 just uh, it's just uh, the 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 um, airline uh, tickets were out of sight, and yeah. well, my my uh, my story won't even in the paper won't even have quotes in it. So. Yeah. Uh, because we have such early deadlines, so uh, it just didn't make sense to go up there and, and come back. So I'm, uh, I'd love to be there. I love to watch a game there. Yeah, but I know it's the same thing. Uh, same thing with us. We haven't done much traveling on the road either because of various circumstances, and that that's that's one of them too. The de- tight deadlines that we have these days. Uh, yep. Well, Sheldon's done a great job covering LSU basketball for a long time. So be sh- everybody there at the Advocate does a great job covering LSU athletics. So be sure and check out their website and check out Sheldon on Twitter. And Sheldon, great stuff, and we really appreciate you being on the podcast. Thanks, John. I appreciate it. It's nice talking to you. Okay, thanks a lot to Sheldon Mickles of the Advocate Newspaper in Baton Rouge. Be sure and check him out online. And next up, we'll be talking with Mark Story of the Herald Leader right after this break. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Okay, my guest now on the podcast is my fellow uh, sports columnist at the Arrow Leader, Mark Story. How's it going, Mark? Doing good, John. Uh, Kentucky and LSU Wednesday night, Rupp Arena, 9 o'clock on ESPN. Kentucky coming off that win over Alabama without Severe Wheeler and Ty Ty Washington. Uh, what were your thoughts on that game on Saturday? Well, I thought it was impressive. I mean, I, I don't know that I'm in the camp that it was their most impressive win of the year. I think blowing out Kansas and Allen Fieldhouse was going to be hard to top, but I thought, it, but I thought it was really impressive um, the way they played without, you know, their two primary ball handlers and two primary creators, and the fact that they were able to put a unit together without those two very key players. And beat a good team that had on a day when that good team started out really hot from three. You know, I thought it was really impressive. How, if you're John, I'm going to put you in John Calipari's shoes. Uh, you're not going to get his paycheck, but I'm going to put you in his <laughs> shoes. Uh, you've got Tata Washington, Severe Wheeler, uh, Tata with the ankle severe. We think is a wrist. They haven't really said, but he was holding his wrist at the end of the Tennessee game. So we got to at least assume that he's got a problem with his wrist. Uh, Obviously, you're four games left in the regular season. You're playing for seeding, uh, but you want your team to be healthy as well. Do you go ahead and play these guys even if they're not 100% because you want to try and keep winning to get a better seed, or do you hold them out even if that means you might suffer some in seeding? I would do the latter. I think it's far more important for Kentucky to get to march with its team healthy and on the court as opposed to the seeding. You know, obviously it's better to be seated as high as possible. You know, in theory, it's easier. 
but I don't know that there's that great a difference. You know, I don't know that there's any super team that you're necessarily trying to stay away from. And I just think Kentucky, when healthy, has a chance to do good things. You know, I think the problem has been they can't stay healthy. I, you know, I think they've had, you know, their top seven players start and finish SEC games five times. I mean, it just, you know, they've just had so many injuries. So I would, if, if I were making the decision, I would uh, I would hold them as long as it takes to get them fully healthy. So five times out of and you wrote about this uh, was that last week I guess it was yeah it uh, was five times out of and they played fourteen games so that's <laughs> that's barely a third of uh, of the SEC games they played so far. Uh, do you think is this something that's just is this going to be a continuing problem or is this just something? Uh, that you know they've had bad luck, and now hopefully they've gotten that out of their system once Ty Ty and Severe get healthy, and they won't have to worry about it in the tournament. Or is there any way of knowing something like that? Well, I don't know that there's any way of knowing. I think if you're an optimist, you're you know they've got all the injuries out of the way early, so they should be due some good health. It's hard not to think, given how persistent these things have been, that you know it's it's hard not to think it could be a problem at the very least moving forward. But yeah, that's, uh, you know, not that this is any stunning revelation, but when they have their whole team, I think they're really, really good and have a chance. So that's why to me, it's more important to just, you know, try to get healthy and get to the, the tournament that matters with your team intact. That to me is far more important than worrying about the seed, even though you obviously want to have the best seed possible. Yeah, I think the worries me about Ty Ty is, I mean, it's been an ankle situation. If you go back to the Arbor game when he first hurt the hurt the ankle, it's kind of been on and off since then. Uh, is it just going to be one of those things? Is just going to be a nagging thing throughout the year, and he never really gets truly healthy or hundred percent healthy until after the season's over. Well, as someone whose um, non-existent basketball career consisted primarily of pickup, but which was sabotaged repeatedly by turning ankles, the more you turn an ankle, the more apt you are to turn it. So mm-hmm. I think the fear you express is uh, is well-placed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, we'll just have to have to see how that plays out. Well, LSU on Wednesday night, these two teams played uh, way back in January. LSU won 65-60. A lot's gone on on both sides with both teams since then. Do you? How do you see this matchup on Wednesday? I think it'll be a hard game. I think LSU will play them tough, and especially if Kentucky is again without the guards. You know, Alabama may have been somewhat taken by surprise and not, you know, not known you know, didn't have time to prepare something. But, you know, if I'm LSU and it's that same unit without true point guards, you know, I'm, I'm going to press a lot more. I'm going to try to really extend the defense and really get after them. I was surprised Alabama didn't try to do more of that. Yeah, and Alabama's not a very good defensive team. Where LSU, they've had their ups and downs offensively, but they've been pretty consistent on defense. I think they're, uh, they were number one in the Ken Palm adjusted efficiency rankings. I think they're number three now. So in that way, do you think this is kind of a scarier matchup than Alabama because the LSU is good on the defensive side of the ball and you're missing two, as you said, your primary ball handlers and not just ball handlers, but creators? Yeah, I think I would agree with that again. And also because, as I alluded to, you know, LSU will have had time to prepare yeah. for, you know, what Kentucky did and you know, Kentucky, you know, its personnel and that kind of thing. And Alabama may have suspected, but they didn't know. And, and obviously, you know, somebody could come back. We don't know for sure they won't. 
But, you know, if you have that same team, you know, I think LSU will have time to, you know, have something designed specifically to exploit, you know, per, per, you know potential weaknesses of the team Kentucky had on the floor last week. Yeah, no, no, uh, yeah, no, I think that I agree. That's a good point. After this game, just three games remaining. They go to Arkansas on Saturday, L- Ole Miss at home in the home finale next Tuesday. Then they go on to Florida. Uh, how do you see the rest of these games? To me, that Arkansas matchup is is uh, hopefully Wheeler and Washington can play in that because I think that's going to be a really, a really, really good game and a really fun matchup in Fayetteville. What do you What do you think? Yeah, I think that that I think that's a tough game. And that's that's a game you hope Kentucky will have its full team because it would probably need its full team. You know, that Arkansas has been really good at home this year. And Eric Musselman has done a good job there. There's a lot of momentum behind that program. That you know, that's that that's a marquee level game, a game you know worth worth anticipating. And hopefully, Kentucky will have its full team. Um, obviously, they ought to handle Ole Miss and Rop. You know, I don't think Florida. To me, Florida is the kind of team they're not very good, but they won't let you play either. Yeah. They obviously got a big win over over Auburn. You know, they they may feel like they have to beat Kentucky to sort of you know boost their flagging NCAA tournament hopes. So you know that's a game they're probably going to go all out for. So you know I think Kentucky is is better than Florida, quite a bit better than Florida. But I think that's a hard game. What about what about Auburn? They've lost two of their last four as we go into play on Tuesday night in these midweek games. Uh, is that if you're an Auburn fan, are you concerned about that? Do you think maybe they're a little bored because uh, uh, they rolled through the conference until here recently? Then they they're ready for the tournaments to start. Uh, what do you think about if you're Bruce Pearl? What do you think about Auburn? They're definitely are in a lull. They're not playing nearly as well as they were in January. You know, not only they lost a couple, you know, they were incredibly fortunate to beat Georgia yes. in Athens. I mean, that right. incredibly fortunate. Georgia had to miss a ton of free throws. You know, Wendell Green made a really good play to win that game, may have gotten away with a charge in, in so doing. And, and, you know, Auburn was really fortunate. So they, they've hit a law, you know, teams hit laws over the course of a long season. But were I an Auburn backer, I would be a little concerned because I just don't think they're playing. They're not playing like they were earlier in the year. They've had a tough time on the road in some game against teams that, uh, I mean, you could make the case they play down to competition. I mean, they only beat Missouri by one. As you mentioned, they were very fortunate to beat Georgia. They lose at Florida. Their own, their other loss was at Arkansas. Uh, you know, of course, you get the NCAA tournament; it's neutral courts. The same with the SEC tournament. They're obviously really good at Auburn Arena, but uh, they haven't been a real good road team this year. You know, their guard play worries me a little bit, and I've always been a Wendell Green fan back to last year when he was at Eastern. But so I almost think he's trying to do too much, really? and and I just uh, I'm just not sure their guard play is quite at the level it takes to. To, to, to cut down net, nets that really matter. But I guess, uh, you know, that's something, uh, you know, I, I was really high on Auburn. I was saying they were the best team in the country several weeks before they got to number one. But I don't know. They just, uh, that's, they seem off to me yeah. this month. Speaking of uh, NCAA seeding and the best teams in the country, the NCAA, NCAA tournament committee had their first reveal last week when they named their 16 seeds, Kentucky a number two seed, number six overall. Anything surprise you or stick out to you over those uh, seedings that were revealed on Saturday? Not really. I mean, I was a, you know, Kentucky had not looked very good in Knoxville. You know, I don't know. I don't. I actually don't recall at what point those seedings were announced. So. 
you know, I don't know how much that factored in, right. you know, it, I, you know, I saw an explanation for how you can beat, just beat the devil out of Kansas at Kansas and still be behind them. You know, that, that one, you know, I'm, you know, I, I, I have a hard time seeing that just having seen right. that game. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I think anybody who saw that game would say, what you're putting Kansas, they had a Kentucky. Also, of course they had Kentucky, Kansas and Villanova in the East. Uh, and the East region is in Philadelphia. I can ima- I can't imagine that if that does happen, that uh, John Calipari and Bill Self are not going to be happy about that. We're getting having Villanova in your same region, right there in Philadelphia. Well, somebody on Twitter was raising the possibility, and I actually think this is something that could happen: that they would pair Kentucky and Duke in some variation as the one and two seed in Philadelphia in Coach K's last year, oh. hoping hoping to get <laughs> you know a rematch. In the Elite Eight of the the, the famous 1992 Kentucky Duke game, and that's the kind of thing that just coincidentally seems to happen <laughs> in in the NCAA tournament. So I think that's what I kind of expect at this point. <laughs> you conspiracy theorists, you always think the NCAA is out to out to uh, do th- to to uh, do things like that. I can't believe that they would do something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure why they would want to create a, a super attractive game <laughs> that everybody would want to watch on TV. No, yeah, they don't care. They don't care anything about that. CBS too. They just, you know, they, they don't care anything about that. So uh, anyway, uh, well, but, you know, we still got some basketball and we obviously got the tournament, uh, you know, the, the SEC tournament uh, between then and now. So, uh, uh, as we wrap it up here, Kentucky, do you feel good about this Kentucky team as we go into these last two weeks of the season, or is it just all depend on the health, on the health aspect? I think uh, it's a little bit of both. I do think Kentucky is good. I do think the margin of error is or the is not super wide. You know, they've had trouble. Cl- you know, lose when when they lose guys in games, they've had trouble closing out good teams. Now, a lot of that obviously has been on the road. But, you know, I think if they're healthy, they have a chance. You know, I don't know that there are, you know, you know I think Gonzaga's playing really well. I mean, the team I really like that's sort of off the radar is Texas Tech. I'm yeah. impressed with them every time I see them. Yeah. yeah. No, they're good. They play really good defense. Yeah, they're good. Uh, they're a good team. Uh, they can really make they can make some noise. That's for sure. And I think Mark Adams is a good story. Their coach. He's been a long time co- coaching, te- kind of a Texas legend, kind of in the lower levels of Texas basketball. Assistant under Chris Beard, then took over when Chris left to go to Texas. Has done a great job in his first year. You like to see people who've waited to get their chance, uh, you know, at a major level to do that, and he's really taken advantage of it. Yeah, and the, the just the fact that he's beaten Texas twice yes. now. I mean, that fan base. I mean, you know that there are certain games that a coach needs to win for his fan base, and when a coach does exactly that, it sort of you know bonds you with your fans, and and that is the that is probably the number one example of that in twenty one twenty two, given how hurt and upset Texas Tech was when Chris Beard went back to his alma mater. Yeah, definitely. No doubt about it. Uh, well, we've got Kentucky LSU on Wednesday night. Like I said, it's a 9 o'clock start on ESPN. Follow Mark on Twitter during the game at Mark C. Story before, during, and after the game. Look for his uh, five things you need to know from the game and all and other coverage that Mark has. Look for his columns in the print edition of the Herald Leader and online at Kentucky.com. And as always, Mark, thanks a lot for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me, John. 
Okay, that's going to do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. Thanks to my guest, Sheldon Mickles of The Advocate in Baton Rouge and Mark Story of the Lexington Herald Leader, com. Check out their work online. Check out my sidelines blog during the game on Wednesday night. Kentucky LSU, 9 o'clock start. It's on ESPN. Uh, we'll have live updates on the blog. And then after the game, I'll have my three takeaways. Uh, be sure and follow Mark online, myself online. Uh, follow Ben Roberts at Ben Roberts HL and Jerry Tipton at Jerry Tipton. Thanks again to Sheldon Mickles. Thanks again to Mark Story. And thanks again to everybody for listening to the podcast. We'll catch you next time on the John Clay Podcast.